We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, nerds. It's Kirk Henderson. Welcome to Radio Free Mavs. I am, instead of working, I decided I wanted to do one of these because we've been doing Friday shows and we've been having lots of fun in the meantime uh, with a relatively early, uh, I guess sort of early, the last game was at 5.30. There's a preseason game tonight, starts at 7 o'clock. Mavericks are going to play uh, the Bucks. And the entire team is out. Um, Chris Tapps, Hardaway, Luca, Bullock, and of course Tyrell Terry, uh, who will have missed the entire preseason, um, is out for this game tonight. And then the Bucks are going to be without Bobby Portis, Semi Ojale, Rodney Hood, and Chris Middleton, which means someone on the Mavericks is going to get absolutely destroyed by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I do not know if I'm going to be able to watch the game at all, uh, seeing that it is preseason and my son has a little league game, but I wanted to talk with you guys anyways, because we've had some fun stuff pop up on MavsMoneyBall.com the last several days. Uh, I think that we are really kind of gearing up towards the season and I just wanted to think if anybody had anything that, uh, that they'd like to talk about that's been on their minds while we really overanalyze all sorts of, uh, of, of basketball games. Um, while I wait on any questions for folks that are coming up, I would like to direct you who are interested uh, towards MavsMoneyBall.com. Lucas Q wrote a piece on 2021-22 future bets, uh, advice and predictions on things that he thinks that we should wager on. Our uh, Mavs Moneyball and SB Nation um, is partnered with DraftKings for a sports book, in case you were curious. And I, you know, we, we have some, some pretty obvious ones, you know, at, at the moment. Betting is something I'm still trying to learn or a lot around if, if I... Um, I think if I start betting, like, bad things will happen to me. 
and, uh, and, and my, my checkbook because I don't have a lot of money, but I do get really angry and competitive. Um, so losing bets would be, would be poor for me. Um, the Mavs are currently sitting at plus 1300 to be Western conference, um, winner, which feels kind of like a fun bet given how wide open we feel that the, that the West is the Lakers at plus 200 is starting to look weirder and weirder with each passing game. Um, it's it's the West just feels really, really, really open to, to take this year. And that's what, you know, as Xavier uh, and Luke, who are going to be doing a lot of our betting coverage have, have talked about that. It just, you know, when you look at betting, if you, if you think about betting as a different way to view like what we are already talking about, you can just see where the Mavs are under or overrated in particular areas. So I, I think that's a lot of fun. Um, Xavier is going to have a um, player prop podcast coming out soon uh until like gambling is legalized in texas and that's going to come eventually once the state realizes the revenue um some of the stuff may slightly fall on deaf ears but if you're outside of texas and in certain states where you can gamble it's actually um uh it's there's a lot to do so we have a note in the in the uh, chat that says i listen to the mark follow podcast and he has jason kidd on and they mentioned that uh, that committee is actually Luca KP and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. So does that mean does that mean that Porzingis is going to play tonight? I don't know. Um, I don't remember when they have to have uh, all that sort of stuff updated. Um, it's the you know it's the time of year where they're a little bit lax on this stuff. You know, one thing I am looking forward to is that we were not necessarily going to have to deal with Rick Carlisle based shenanigans on the starting lineup. I didn't ever really want to hound this because I didn't want, get, didn't want to get in trouble with the Mavericks. But it was well known throughout the league and including with a lot of gambling people that Rick Carlisle like constantly flaunted the rules for getting lineups in on time. And those lineup stuff is pretty important. And he was just an ass about it for years. So so I'm 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 kind of glad we don't have to deal with that with that anymore. Um another piece is actually both these are by Luke, which is fun. Uh, Luke wrote last night just sort of a, a, a tentative mea culpa about how good Porzingis looks. And I think it's really worth um, revisiting because he's just, you don't want to call him trick or treat because that's not fair. But when Porzingis plays like that, that's when everybody's eyes are like, oh my God, this is exactly what we've envisioned. And then some. I, I keep kind of focusing on his post-game quotes and, and Tim, um, Tim McMahon of ESPN, you know, talked about it too, where it's clear he's sort of blaming Carlisle for certain, certain aspects of last year. Um, and I don't know if that's accurate, like if his, if his frustration is entirely accurate, but if it's what gets him up in the morning and makes him play hard, fine with it, fine with it. I'm ready to move on from uh, the Rick Carlisle era. Um and I just, you know, it, it's it's fun watching him play well because it, it, it's it, this is the these are the sort of games that I'm really going to think about because like inev- injuries are going to happen. Like you can't play 82 games in the course of a year. People aren't necessarily going to be healthy. But this is what I talked about at least going back in early August, where it's if the Mavericks play him 50, 55 games, like if they really have to kind of make him rest so that he doesn't get out of whack, then I think it'll be worth it if you get 55 games of that. From Porzingis, the Mavericks are going to win a lot. I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I'm feeling, feeling really bullish at the moment, which is not my um, standard mo. You know, it, it's it's the, the folks who listen to us regularly can can talk talk about this, but it 
it's, I really love when people are like mad at me for things that I said like two years ago, as if like opinions can't change. But anyways, all right. Our regular contributor to the show, Jose has something to say. We're going to bring him up a uh, reminder to anybody else that would like to come up and chat. The uh, app instamutes you when you come up on stage. So just be cognizant of that. Please feel free to come up and make a comment and talk about it. Uh, you know, we have a lot of repeat folks that probably don't want to talk. They have a little bit of stage fright. But if I can talk to myself for five minutes, you can talk to me for 30 seconds and ignore that everyone else is in the room. So welcome, Jose. What's going on? How you doing, Kurt? I'm in traffic I'm good. right You're now. <laughs> so where, where, where are you stuck? Uh, well, I'm, I'm uh, on 30 right now. So... There's always traffic for no reason, really. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> so, well, what are you what are you thinking today? Well, uh, so I had listened to a podcast called Mavs for uh, for Life or Mavs Fans. Mavs Fans for Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with those guys. So they they just recently had a interview with the uh, photographer of the Mavs, mm. and mm-hmm. he dropped some interesting gems about the relationship with uh, KP and Luca, about how they they're like really buddy buddy, and. You know, before the bubble and everything, they were taking pictures and kind of seeing who gets some more like social media interaction, which I thought was interesting. (laughs) And he even says something along the lines of like Luca and Dennis Smith Jr. used to go on dates, uh, like double dates with each other. So there, there was like with all the ripple effects with Dennis Smith Jr. and everything like that. I've like I saw I'm starting to see a lot of these narratives about like Luca not getting along with players that you know Trey Young is the more I guess buddy buddy guy uh you know it's total bullshit which is weird because <laughs> Trey Young Trey Young did not have a good reputation in, at Oklahoma like coming out of Oklahoma like dudes did not like playing with him and something happened towards the second half of their season last year like Nate McMillan must have told him to quit the shit like in terms of like the you know 24 like 22 second shot clock left where he's jacking a three. And so it's like that, that stuff with Trey was really weird. Um, uh, but he's kind of come around kind of the opposite. Whereas, you know, our, our Slovenian followers would tell us like people always seem to like playing with Luca, like always, this is not. So it's that I know what you're talking about though. I've not listened to the podcast yet, but a lot of people have told me, told me a lot about it. Um, but yeah, keep going. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Uh, but also like, to, to quote Mark Cuban, you know, total bullshit on the whole <laughs> Luca and, and KP, which I think there is still some some little tad bits about I mean, that. How long? How much do you fight with your coworkers? Like, I love some of my coworkers. Sometimes I also want to throw them into traffic. Like, that doesn't. You're not friends with people all the time. It's it, particularly like in a high stress environment. Right, and I work in a warehouse, so <laughs> uh, there, there's always drama. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, uh, I, I think one thing that Luca and KP's chemistry was thrown off in a bubble. It, I mean, not even in a bubble, like uh, alluding to the last postseason with the Clippers, uh, KP had took it upon himself to go out and club. And like Luca's su- such a win focused guy that I felt like that rubbed him the wrong way. And that's probably why there was some 
chemistry issues there but as far as like everything else in between i mean it's it seems like luca and kp really get along like despite with uh the the whole narrative that is being yeah i mean i they do work so well together and i think maybe time apart is always good you know, if you're in a like a high stress environment with a boss who, even if that boss knows what they're talking about, you've just grown sick of their shit. They're, you know, they were together so much last year, and and you know that's going to happen when you're with a team. But it's like between COVID and injuries and things not working out. I've kind of contended for the last several weeks that I feel like the Mavericks are chasing that 1920 start um, where things were so good and they want to feel that again. And if the vibe, you know, people are, you know, we, we, we're kind of overusing this phrase at this point, but like the vibes right now are more important than tactics. And so, so long as everybody feels good, you know, winning will cure a lot. I'm going to be very interested to see how they start the season. Uh, you know, they have a couple of, of challenging games to start the year and then they play the Rockets or, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm really kind of itching to get started. Like the, the Lakers, I think, had seven preseason games, something like that. Whereas we're having three real ones and then tonight, which seems like it'll be the the Josh Green, like point Josh Green show, which is which is outstanding. Um, but I, I understand, you know, what you're talking about there. It's this is a time of year where we ought to all be really hopeful. Um, it, it's it's fun. And and you know, to follow up a little bit more, what you're talking about in terms of that Mavs Fan for Life podcast. Um Steve was asking if he could kind of go on a podcast and Part of why Josh and I didn't have him on is just like timing. And also he and I, I said some nasty things to him a few years ago um, over something stupid. And I just didn't want to have to bring that back up again. Um, but he also said on that podcast, he really like from now that he's no longer a Mavs employee, he felt pretty fair sharing about how big of an ass Rick was to him <laughs> and to everyone. And like when you hear stuff like that on a and like public on the record, because I've been told a lot of stuff off the record that I, I allude to, but have never wanted to like say out loud. And those stories were like, oh yeah, I've heard this from other people. Maybe not quite to the extent because he was apparently like really nasty to to that guy, but that shit just has to wear on people. Like he worked there for 13 years and was just a bully by the end. And that's no, you know, who wants to work with that? Which. It's so odd because do you remember the ridiculous TikTok of Rick Carlisle and his daughter doing a dance? Like, I was like, oh, that's Rick. He's funny. And then it's like we get away from it. He's just kind of an awkward 60-something man. And he needed a new job. I, I, I did not see that TikTok because I probably would have been laughing my ass off. Oh, it's amazing. He's doing uh, he's doing a dance. Like, he's got on, like, the dad cargo shorts and a shirt tucked in and the socks pulled up. And he's doing a TikTok dance. I'll send it to you after the show. It's amazing. Um yeah, so so what else are you thinking today? Uh, well, uh, of course, I'm optimistic about the Mavericks uh, so far. Uh, the way they're playing, the way they're looking, I, I am ready for them to start the season, which we have a huge game to start off the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say the, the Hawks are underrated, but in terms of, like, where they're, like, projected and everything like that, I feel like they're somewhat underrated. They do have a lot of young talent. Uh, Sharif Cooper is somebody to mm. look out. Oh, my God, is that guy good. Uh, one of the guys who I hung out with at Summer League, my friend uh, Brian Schrader, 
was a big Sharif guy, and I just hadn't really paid attention to him. And that dude, he is an, he is an incredible backup guard. Oh, my gosh. Glad you brought him up. Right. And, like, it's just going to be really interesting to see how far the Mavericks push this Hawks team in the, in the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, another test for KP, like right. that's who I'm because like John Collins was the kind of guy that really exposed every limitation KP had last year, and with the way he's moving now, I feel much more confident that there's going to be a little bit of a blow for blow going on between the two of them as opposed to K, you know, KP just getting rope doped. Right. Uh, uh, one last thing. Uh, before I get off, because I'm trying to like focus and still contribute at the sure. same time. Uh, so Mark Cuban, we all know he's into NFTs and, and whatnot. And he was on another Mavericks uh, podcast uh, today. And he was talking about maybe the, the tickets will become like a NFT, uh, you know, uh, collect a special NFT bobblehead. They have the uh, booth set up in the practice facility where they're going to do uh, some NFT type things. I'm, I'm not uh, I don't really remember everything he said, mm-hmm. but you know just in case people here are interested in NFTs or you know want to get a Luca NFT which I feel like will be worth something because it's Luca, but you know that that's all I really had to share today. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming up. Thank you. Um, you have a good day. All right. So it's funny you talked about the NFT thing. I need. To, I'm scrolling through my DMs. I had a guy reach out to me. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent handle uh, at Top Shot Dad Moves. Um, he's a big Mavs fan, but also a big NFT guy. And he was trying to explain a bunch of this stuff to me, and it just goes right over my head. I'm just the worst at it. Before we uh, bring up a couple more people, I want to answer a couple of questions in the chat. Uh, Zach asks, do you expect for the Mavericks to improve against bad teams with better energy and chemistry? I feel like that was due to just not wanting to play hard for Rick. <sighs> Great question, because this is going to define their season is how they like re- Matt Moore of the Action Network explains to me that good teams like teams that are championship caliber. If you go back and look at their records, they always absolutely beat the hell out of bad teams. And that was where I was really worried about the Mavericks last year. I think that's almost entirely Luka driven, which means the team, you know, you say that the team didn't want to play hard for, for Rick. I think to a large degree it was Luka. He's also a young man. Um, I, I recall back to that Memphis game where the team went out the night before and had a good, like I was getting DMS from Memphis, like, like wait staff letting me know that they were out. Like it was, it was like one of those things where it's like, they were just clearly having a good time. And then they go out and lose a game that they needed to win. Um, and there's a lot of that kind of stuff last year. So so I do expect it to be better. How much better is kind of going to help define where they go this year? Um, Amar asks, uh, who do you believe will get cut? Cutting Burke will show me that Cuban doesn't care about the dead money but winning, and I have a feeling he will cut Moses Brown. I do not think he cuts Moses Brown. I think at this point, if I was to power rank, uh, Tyrell Terry is first, followed by uh, Burke. Um, Burke might be first, depending on kind of what you think. Like he's Cuban even talked about on the 10 questions podcast that if you're going to work for him, he expects you to be vaccinated, which I mean, Burke has been very clear about this. Um, but Tyrell Terry not being there is just so blatant. Whatever is going on with him, 
I, I like Dalton talked about this on his show. It, you know, personal reasons are personal reasons, but like he, all of us got to go to work at some point. And unless we know more about what the personal reasons are, it's really hard not to speculate. Like he's missed a ton of time for whatever reason. And like he goes dark on social media. Like it's just odd. So I just, at this point, I'm kind of wondering, um, but, but Burke kind of, you know, Burke is Burke. So that, that's kind of where we are. Um, Doug asks, are we seeing the breast, the best pre February, March, uh, Dwight Powell ever. <laughs> and for those of you who uh, are not in on the accurate joke, uh, March, April, Dwight Powell is like a Mavericks legend. You look at his numbers. He's been better in March and April every year going back forever. I love that. That's a great, that's a great take. He really does look good. Um, and that's important. All right. So I'm going to bring up some people again. We have some folks uh, that have asked to come in. Uh, coming up first, we're going to bring Frank. Hi, Frank. Haven't seen you in a while. What's going on, man? So, yep, heading home from work, feeling good. Um, I think you brought up the, you kind of threw me off the a lateral question off of that guy who mentioned, uh, you know, what are the odds that we increase? You know, we we get some of those wins back against the the shittier teams. Uh, and you 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 nailed it. It's Luca driven. I mean, he's like you you had a great tweet the other day. It's you know, if he doesn't care about a, it might have been you a, a Tuesday night game. You know, in, in January, what's he going to care about a, a preseason game or, or whatnot? Um, but I think that kind of corresponds. Well, uh, I have a question on that. It's you know, how much do you care? You think he cares about the individual accolades, like MVP? And if you know, say he wins three or four more of those games, you know, we don't lose off. We don't get swept by the Kings and lose a couple more of those those games last year. You know, we're we're the third or fourth seed, and he's knocking on the door of MVP. You know. We damn near need to. Mm-hmm. We damn near need to dangle that over his head and say, "Hey, man, you know." <laughs> you know, I don't know if he cares. I really don't know if he cares about individual accolades because, had I not seen his Olympic performance and heard a lot of what he had to say about playing for Slovenia, the gold medal seems to be his or a medal, probably gold is what he's hoping for. But meddling in the Olympics seems to be what he is considering his career pinnacle at the moment. Uh, he even said it'd be more important to him than an NBA championship. And I really appreciate that because not a lot of, not a lot of players would be that honest. Uh, I think that he has been accoladed so much. Like, like, did I just make up a word? I think he has been awarded accolades in such a consistent manner that he doesn't even think about these things anymore. I mean, you go to his basketball reference page and he could, you know, fall into the phantom zone and would be elected to the basketball hall of fame in three years. Like he's that good uh, to the point to where I think there's an earnest question about whether he's going to be on the, the, the NBA top 75 list. I, I don't think he makes it, but it's, it's that kind of thing. So the, the, uh, the individual accolades, I'm not how to motivate a guy that is this good is, and while still having upside has got to be like the defining question behind a lot of what the Mavericks are building towards. I think the, the end in of itself, like winning, he gets hyper competitive. You see that even in games where he's playing like crap, like that's kind of one of his, his, his most important attribute is his willingness to just go all out. It's, the problem is sometimes he catches on a little too late. Like he futs around and then he, he, you know, it's the Mavericks are down by, you know, 14 and he has to dig them out single-handedly or unlike last game, like the Mavericks did it themselves. They didn't need him. 
So I'm very, I'm really curious about that, but I, I do think that like the, the more like I'm very much focused on like the rest pattern where I think that he's going to feel fresh enough to where it may not matter and he'll feel good and play well. Indeed, indeed. Well, to my point, and then I'll, I'll get off. Um, I'm real interested in, in JB. You know, we know he can ball, he can score. O- occasionally he, he has a game where he, you know, shows some playmaking, but he kind of got Pat Bevved in the in the Clippers series where he got played off the court, I think, maybe. And I'm not a X's and O's yeah. genius, but he, he got played off the court a little bit. His size and his lack in his lack of playmaking. Trey Young is tinier than this guy. Like I mean, he's he's small, but and I and I'm not trying to compare him to Trey Young. Let's let's not be silly here. But the guy's tiny and he can create. It doesn't matter how much of a defense defensive minus he is. His re, again, and I'm not even try, and I'm not even holding him to that pedestal. I'm just bad example. But you get what I'm saying. The, his ability at that size to create. If JB had any any of that, a fraction of it, you know. He, he probably already signed his extension, honestly. But um, to, to my point, if I don't see that this year or even early, like his the, his priority to be on this team needs to be able to create for others. To to, to we know he can score. We if he if we need a bucket or two, yeah, we can. We got we got guys who can do that. Though we need him to create. It has that's which he's done pretty well. I think he's done pretty well in the preseason. I mean, I am you know. I've, my my Porzingis takes are one thing, but my 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 Jalen Brunson takes seem to irritate the the Mavs faithful like the longest. Um, I think I've liked where I've seen with his passing. I mean, he was a he was a power forward until college. Like that's one of the funnier things about him. He's even talked about this. Well, I don't really know Richard how much shooting too, and we saw what happened there. I mean, I, and I know that's an extreme. That's yes. another extreme. No, but shooting example, might be harder than but, passing. Um. And in conclusion, if I, I'm not sure I want to bring him back for what he might be worth if he cannot prove like I'm sorry, the preseason, I I I, I think I gotta disagree. I, I don't I'm not he does he his his stock has not risen enough with me. The needle hasn't moved. I need to see, you know, let's talk at the quarter, the 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 halfway mark about what we've seen from him and then that that'll be kind of my determining factor of why I think I'm just one person that we should bring him back. Thanks, man. I well, appreciate you coming up, Frank. I, I think that's that's a, a fun thing to think about. I will I will say that because they're already over the salary cap at that point, signing him is it's it is what it is. Like they're it they're over the cap already before next season even starts with the contracts that they have. So bringing him back just is kind of a, a, a good business choice, even if it's even if it's for more money than you think he might be worth. Um, I will say his taking it's it's what you're alluding to was his taking a next step is important for the team. And I've liked how he's looked. I just have. Um, I think that the Mavericks doing a little more off ball where it's not him playing like a Luca light role on offense has allowed him to pass the ball uh, better. But, you know, that that if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. I'm looking forward to it. Um, OK, got a couple folks. Ryan, thank you for joining us. How are you? Hit that unmute in there. Unmute button. Oh, thank you. I found it. Can you hear me all right? I can. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, man, I've uh, <clears throat> been listening to, to the pods for a while, but I never called in, so I appreciate you. Um, I mean, first off, I just want to say I agree with you about Terry. I mean, I think the reality is when we're looking between him and, and Burke, <clears throat> the sad thing is when Terry has played, we really haven't seen a whole lot. I know that we've seen some potential in college. The guy can – supposedly shoot but I just we really haven't seen that when he has played and and we know that Burke while 
he's been inconsistent to say the least when he he's flashed, right? He's had those moments. And I think there's a little bit more upside there, but again, we're talking about the back end of the bench. So ultimately I'm not sure it means a ton. Um, but really what I would love to hear just from you is just kind of unpack a little bit, if you'd be willing to um, what you think the ceiling of this team is. I, I keep hearing over and over again, Hey, first time KP has been healthy. Isn't this great? And the reality is these first three games, he's looked awesome. So I would love to kind of hear your thoughts on, Let's just pretend for a minute, I mean, knock on wood, um, he stays healthy. What, what do you think the realistic ceiling is? I do think there are some limitations with this team based on what we've done in the offseason, but I would just love to hear your thoughts on that. Sure, I'm happy to answer that question. So I'm looking up Luka Doncic's b-ball, or I'm sorry, basketball reference, because I love going to his page and looking at this. And one of the things that I keep coming back to um, is the fact that during Luka's 13 playoff games, he has only played the Clippers – and he has scored 33.5 points, grabbed almost nine rebounds, uh, dished, see here, nine and a half assists, and shot a hilarious 39% from three-point range. He was an absolute monster. And I circle back to that every time I think about what the Mavericks ceiling is because no other team is built like the Clippers, and therefore I don't see – another series being difficult like that. That's not to say another series will be easy. You play the Los Angeles Lakers, you play LeBron James. But I am so interested in the other matchups that the ceiling for this team for me is a finals berth. I'm not kidding. Now, I think they get waxed by whoever comes from the East, be it it Milwaukee or Brooklyn, even as Brooklyn is is shaped right now. But I earnestly could see them making the finals. I still think for me, my internal goal for what I will value as success is getting out of the first round. I think you need to take steps. But when I look at what the Suns did last year, and I think that Luka is better than every single player on that team, uh, though maybe the, the supporting staff is obviously wildly different, I just I just see it. I, I feel that bullish about Luka being able to lock in. When I watched what Luka did in the Olympics, the same thing. It's, it's the ability to focus for 16 wins. And I think that he and they could do that given the right set of circumstances. The circumstances are kind of what's key, as you alluded to. Um, but with the way they're built, I don't see – like no one else is like the Clippers where you have five switchable wings that can go and do what they did. Because somebody mentioned earlier Brunson kind of got excluded. It was Frank. Sorry, Frank. Frank said you know, that Brunson was basically mitigated by, um, by the Clippers – And he was – what they did to him, exactly what they did to KP. They used all like the – like five, you know, six-foot-eight guys to basically block out the sun. And no other team can do that. Like, wings are at such a premium. And, you know, the the, like I see these early Laker injuries, and, you know, they're out from Taylor Horton Tucker and Trevor Reza, who are each going to get wing minutes playing defense – and they're starting off the year probably missing 20 games each. And that's going to wear parts of the Lakers down. Whereas the Mavericks are starting healthy and might be able to make a bit of a run. I mean, the Nuggets are the one team that I think is also a bit of a dark horse because Jokic is just like Luka and capable of putting up just astronomical numbers. But I'm not seeing like this clear hierarchy of, oh, the Mavericks can't beat this team. There's no kryptonite team for the Mavs right now. And that's why I say finals. finals. 
No, I, I actually agree with you. And I think the thing that we're all going to be watching closely is <clears throat> really that buyout mark. I know that uh, Bill Simmons talked about that in his podcast. And I mean, it's a really easy thing to say, hey, watch out for the Mavs in the buyout market because everyone else is capped, but so are we. I was going through as many rosters as I could to try to figure out, you know, who are those options um, besides, of course, you know, our, our potential dream scenario. But I think the reality is that there aren't a ton of guys out there, but you never know. But if we can get anybody else to facilitate, I, I, I agree. I think, I think sky's the limit. So I appreciate having me. Yeah, sure thing, Ryan. Thanks for joining. I, I do think that we're going to, we, you know, I think the Mavs are going to come to a point in the season where they regret not pushing harder for Goran Dragic. I, I think that keeping Luca fresh is kind of the thing we haven't talked about enough. And Josh Bow talks about this, he's written about it. In these preseason games, they're kind of making an early effort to to like not push Luca aside, but run the offense through other guys. And it it just I mean, you see the difference between having an MVP run things and an MVP not run things, is kind of what I'll say. Um some I'm just, you know, it's just something to think about. All right, so we got who else we got? Mason, hi, Mason. Hey, Kirk, how's it going? Happy Friday. Yeah, um, you know, I don't really have that uh, pressing of a question, um, but I feel like a lot of us have kind of thought about this for, I don't know, like two, three years ever since Dirk, uh, Dirk retired. But uh, when are we get new uniforms? Uh, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of out on the uh, the white uniforms we have. You're out on I mean, them. The, have you seen the new ones? Like the, well, the new old ones, like the... the... No, no, no. It's, so I'm I'm talking just like, you know, I know every five years we'll do the awesome green jerseys, which why it's an every five years thing. I don't know. People make fun of Cuban for a lot of decisions. I honestly think that's his probably worst one because I feel like that's just like an easy money thing. Um, and like the the regular white jerseys, like they're, they're fine. I just don't think they move the needle for me anymore. Uh, I obviously love the royal blue ones, um, you know, I just just for the color's sake. And then the, the navy ones are fine. Like they just I like it that it says Mavericks on the front, but they don't really move the needle for me anymore. But yeah, I don't know. I'm wow. just kind of curious what your thoughts are and how obviously how we look on the court is important, but like how the jerseys actually look too. Well, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but like I want to give the Mavericks my money. And when they don't have stuff that I like, it irritates me. I have like I, I have a, enough room in my closet now that I live here to hang up some of my T-shirts and I have an astounding number of Navy T-shirts. I need some variety and it, you know, I know some folks in the area that are, are in, in like really into marketing and branding and that sort of thing. And the Mavericks have desperately needed a rebrand for almost 10 years. And they were supposed to do it when Dirk retired, like just let him. I don't know when they're going to do it. I also don't know how involved Cuban is with it. I have a feeling Cuban is fairly involved in say, and he just makes it clear he doesn't like certain things. He made all sorts of comments about like green for years saying fans didn't want it. Like it was just a small section of the internet and like he's wrong, like objectively wrong. The, the green is incredible. I like the white with the trim though. I understand what like ever it's a stylistic preference is what we're talking about here. I'm just curious if the Mavs are ever really going to commit to a true branding change because no one seems married to their branding. You don't hear anyone saying, God, they got to stay with this. We're having like these kind of conversations like you and I are where it's like, well, I like this, but I don't like that. And if that's the case, like just go nuts, like do something completely different and wild. Like I know a lot of people made fun of the graffiti uniforms, but I at least like the fact that they tried something weird. And I like the white and gold from last year. I'm, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to be more open-minded about this stuff instead of constantly kicking it because like I've, I've learned a little bit about how the design happens and what they, all the stuff they consider. And they really do put a lot of thought into it, both Nike and Adidas before them. It's just sometimes things just don't work. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that I, I hear you with the, the trying things and, you know, for like those alternates, like I got, I got no problem. Like go crazy. It's going to be different every year, make money, so on and so forth. But um, I don't know. I think also a lot of my annoyance with kind of the Mavs visually is we have like a bottom two logo in the, in the NBA. And it makes me very sad as much as I love the, uh, the horse with the lightning bolts basically coming out of its face. Um, you know, I think it's just time to, you know, maybe like clean her up a little bit. Cause you look at all the other, other logos in the NBA and they're relatively clean, relatively simple, except, you know, you have the, we have a shield, I guess, if that's what you want to call it in the background and the thunder do as well. But other than that, it's just a bunch of, you know, basketball shaped logos. And I feel like it's, it's time for us to, to make a change again. I just want, I want our boys to look great. Uh, you know, I just don't want to see Luca holding up his first championship again, if it's in a Mavs Jersey, which don't jinx that uh, in a, like in a gross Jersey, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and that's something that that I'm looking. For. I, I'm. I, we'll see if they ever do it. That said, I do like uh, just some of the gear that I'm seeing right now. I also like living in a city where I can easily find varieties of Mavs gear. Like, I get so excited when I find something on the internet and make my wife go buy it. Now it's just like, oh, I can go to Dick's and find five different options of something that I want. But uh, thank you for joining us, Mason. You got anything else? Uh, yeah. Only thing I have is, uh, if you, since you're in the, the Richardson and Garland area, uh, go to Matt's, get the brisket tacos. You won't be disappointed. Ooh, you're going to have to DM me that if you can, I'll forget this by the end of the show, but thank you. You have a good day. Sounds good. Okay. Coming up next, we have Mr. Ali. Doing good. Again, thanks for joining. Doing good. Uh, I was just going to ask a little bit about Basically, the Mavs, they were talking about how they were going to reduce the number of threes that they were taking, and uh, they were going to focus more on, like, trying to attack the rim. I was kind of wondering, given that, like, a lot of the teams that you see at the top of the West usually are the ones who are taking a lot of threes, like the Jazz last year, if the Mavs are going to be able to kind of get one of those higher-ranked seeds so that way they're able to kind of beat up on lower competition in the earlier parts of the playoffs, or even if that's, like, the goal or if the – Mavs are just going to try to experiment throughout the season instead of trying to like gun for a top seed. Ooh, I like this question. Um, the the schedule sort of affords them an ability to experiment, and I think with the things that Kid has said, I think there's going to be a fair amount of experimentation in the first twenty games. Um, interestingly enough, though. Historically, the first 20 games are about 85% accurate in determining whether a team can make the playoffs. So I don't know how, like, there, there's a little bit of, of um, sorry about that. My wife's moving some boxes around. Um, there's a little bit of, of give and take that has to go on there. I do think that the three-point stuff is becoming – I think it'll become a little bit of a lightning rod. Like they shot 46 threes last game. I I think what kid is really meaning is we need to take less crappy threes. And the Mavericks took some really challenging threes, particularly in the fourth quarter of last year 
5% of their shots, according to Iztok Franco, were threes, like, and we're talking like shots for the whole season. 5% were threes taken with under four. Sorry about that. Now, not all of those shots are um, necessarily bad shots, but when you like hear that number, you're like, man, one in every 20 shots was a, a three-point attempt with under four seconds left all season long. If they weed that number out a little bit and figure out some some ways to get different shots that are at least, you know, they're, they're doing a ton at the rim. Like, it's not like they're taking mid, mid-range stuff. I think they're going to be okay. I mean, a Luka offense, like, the only way this really goes sideways is if Kid insists upon them doing stuff weird enough, long enough to where they start the season – I don't know, seven and 13 or something really bizarre. And I just, I just can't see it, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Also like reflecting on the Southwest division, I guess, like the Pelicans do not look good. They look like a mess. And the San Antonio Spurs have like no talent almost. And, or at least comparatively. Uh, And then I just feel like there is leeway in terms of, yeah, we can kind of experiment a bit during the season. But it's also a little worrying because I feel like it'd be a lot nicer to kind of like not have to punch up in the first round of the. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. And we can get it. You know, it'd be nice to get the Mavs first like home playoff victory. I can't remember if the Thunder, the one Thunder win in like 2015. I can't remember if that was home or away, but they've not won a home playoff game in forever. It'd be nice if they could start off on their home floor. I, I think there's a little bit of a mid-ground there. I mean, the other thing that you're talking about comes back to an earlier question in the chat of, can the Mavs stop screwing around against teams they should beat the crap out of? Like, I think you you know, you know, can experiment a little bit more if you're, you know, winning games that you shouldn't have to, like, you shouldn't have to fight hard for. You know, the, the, the Pelicans are kind of a, a good example because, like, they play the Mavericks in the first 10 games and, the, the, like, Zion will not be playing because of his foot injury. So it's like, that's one that they should mark as a W, but is also a game where they could probably try some, some new things. So we'll see. This is a good question. Well, thank you. You too. Okay, guys. So schedule wise, not sure. I don't know if I'm going to have a green room after the game tonight, uh, just because it doesn't look like anybody's really playing. And, you know, like, I don't want to, sometimes when I talk too much, I say stuff I shouldn't say. And, you know, we'll take, uh, we'll see how the, the thing goes. And we play against the Hawks. Can't remember if it's Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Um, but we'll have some shows in the meantime. I'll try to do maybe a midweek green room before the season starts. This has been a lot more. These Friday ones are always more fun than I, uh, than I expect. I usually get a little worried. Oh, nobody's going to come up and ask questions. And then, of course, we get 45 minutes of uh, really good stuff. So, all right, guys. This has been Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball. Go to our site. We're going to have some really good stuff this weekend that we have coming. And then next week, I have we have two long reads coming from Josh Bow. One of our writers, a guy named David Trink, who is like an applied mathematics major at A&M, is doing a deep dive, like Luca statistic piece, which I'm really looking forward to. We just have a lot of fun stuff coming, um, and I, I'm really excited for the season. Thanks for hanging out. Remember to like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Be sure to enjoy the Mavs game, and we will talk soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.